You're listening to the Co-op Book Podcast. I'd like to welcome Mark Lamprell to the Co-op Chat. Hello, Mark. Hello, Rod. Thanks for having me. Now, Mark, we're, we're here to talk about your... Uh, your latest book, The Lover's Guide to Rome. Um, just before we get on to the book, you've done a whole lot of other things uh, besides write books, uh, more, I suppose, in the entertainment industry. Uh, write, you, like you've written films, for example. What form yep. of writing do you prefer? Uh, I think I prefer... Well, they're very different, really. Um, writing for, for movies is a very different discipline in that um, you've got 90 pages roughly to tell a whole story. You've got to be pretty efficient about how you do it. And not only that, you've got to include the opinions of your director. Often there's a co-writer, there are producers, there are studio executives, there are marketing executives, and everybody's got their two cents worth to throw in and all all that kind of stuff. So writing for screenplays is a a big sort of distillation process of taking all those notes on board and pretending that you care about them and um, then ignoring them and doing what you want. Um, but but um, then writing for novels is a completely different thing because really it is just you. You know, you can sort of write what you want. You don't have to be as disciplined, if you like, in terms of, you know, you can wander down little cul-de-sacs of ideas and and have fun with a particular character, and even if it isn't driving the narrative forward, it doesn't matter. Um, but with movies, you can't get away with that. Uh, so it's they're two very separate things, and I think I enjoy them both because I enjoy the collaboration process. But I, I do have to say I, the thing that I've really enjoyed about writing these novels is just being left alone to do it myself. And even though at the end an editor comes in and gives notes and suggestions and whatever, um, basically there's a sense of you just being able to channel whatever it is that you want to channel and do that. And that somehow is a bit more satisfying, I think. Now, you use the phrase cul-de-sacs, and I'll use that as a segue. Um, Your book, The Lover's Guide to Rome, filled with many cul-de-sacs and streets and alleyways. Why Rome as sort of your, your key character in a way in the book? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, look, I, I went to Rome years ago. Um, I, you know, like, and I've, I've been to sort of a lot of the big kind of romantic cities like New York, Paris, London, Rome. Uh, but Rome, for some reason, I just completely connected to it. I, I suppose it's this, it's the sense of its ancientness. I mean, when you look at me, I look like an Irish potato farmer. I have zero Latin blood in me. But weirdly, when I arrived in Rome, and I'm sure – you know, your listeners will relate to this. Sometimes if you travel to a place that you're not necessarily connected to, but you just feel connected to it. A lot of people feel it about New York. Um, but I just felt it about Rome. I felt kind of this amazing magic con- connection that sort of went back. I mean, I suppose when you think about it, lo- a lot of our literature and our politics and our history comes out of the Roman Empire. You know, we of the West come out of Rome. And so... And there it all is. There's all those thousands of years of history when you go to Rome, and the Romans are just living in it casually. You know, they're, they're jogging around the Circus Maximus where the, where the charioteers once went round. You know, in the, in the side, I've lived in Rome a couple of years and a couple of times over the years, and um, in the side of uh, our local um, hardware store, there's this sort of marble plaque that said, I, Claudius, declare this to, you know, in Latin, I, Claudius, declare this to be the uh, outermost 
limit of the city of Rome. And there's all this kind of just very ancient history sitting casually in the city with these kind of fabulous Latin people being amazing and casual in it. You know, it's just, it's very, it seduced me. And now, obviously, this there are many themes in this book and you've got, you know, a, a range of sort of characters, but it, it, it does come back to sort of love, romance and sort of people's, uh, you know, dealing with those various topics. What? Tell me about a few of the characters in the book. Well, there's sort of there's kind of three couples in the book. It's um there's a young couple who are both they're both at uni, um and uh, she's American and he's British and it's we find them on the day that they meet and fall truly madly deeply in love. It's just this kind of pretty much instant connection, even though she's engaged to someone else. And then there's a middle-aged couple in crisis. Uh, wondering about they've been together for 20 years, they don't know whether they're going to continue on or, you know, what what to do. And then there's an old couple, and in fact he's just died, but she has brought his ashes on his request to scatter in the Tiber, which is a river that flows through Rome, with his sister. So there's two old ladies. So it's these three couples, and their lives sort of magically intersect over this couple of days in Rome. Um, and... Um, yeah, really, it's the study of one relationship, if you like. You can look at it as three separate relationships in their particular stages, or you can look at it as one relationship in over, over, you know, with the young and the middle and the old kind of thing. Um, yeah, so that's sort of what I've done. And then I've tied in the, the spirit of Rome who narrates the story, who is, who is the storyteller and telling us about these three couples. And, it, like, are these characters, are they inspired from, you know, real people or are they amalgam of personalities? How did you reach these people? Oh, look, I just, um, it's funny, it was more, they're not really based on anybody in particular, but um, they're based on you know, years of sort of studying young couples who have, you know, that um, that mad, young, wonderful rush of love that you feel when, when you, you know, you, you're young and hopeful and, you meet somebody amazing. Um, so, I've, you know, I've known plenty of people like that. I've had that experience myself. Um, and um, uh, so it wasn't so much about particular individuals, but really about um, just observing people. And then as I began to write these characters, they almost formed themselves in a way, Rob. They really, they sort of came alive. They, In the end, they were telling me what to do, um, which I know sounds slightly mad, but... Um, it's true. They, you know, like I'd written so much about them that they took on their own life and their own momentum and their own energy, and they were kind of telling me where they'd go and how they behave and what they would do. Tell me, who are your uh, influences from a writing point of view? Oh gosh, look, lots and lots. Um, uh, you know, I have very kind of Catholic tastes. I, you know, I'm, I'm very fond of the the uh, magic realists. You know, Isabel Allende and Gabriel Garcia Marquez and uh, um, all those guys. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Tolstoy. Uh, you know, I, I still think you can't go past Anna Karenina for one of the, the great novels. Um, you know, contemporary Australian writers, Catherine Heyman, um, Thomas Keneally, all of those guys. Are, you know, uh, I, I do. I read widely, and they all, you know, all of them kind of frame how I think about storytelling. Really. Now, as, as you know, many of our uh, listeners are at university or recently completed uni. What was uni like for you? 
No, it was great. I mean, I, I went to, I was at uni in the late 70s, early 80s. So it was a very different environment. You've got to remember when I was at uni, for a start, it was free. Um, I mean, you know, and we didn't have any debts to pay back. Can you imagine that now? I mean, it's completely different for, for the listeners now. Um, but, it, you know, it was, a, it was a kind of, though it was a golden age of university where you could do what you want. And indeed, I, that's, I did that really. I started off doing architecture. I did a couple of years of architecture and somebody asked me to design a set. I was at Sydney Uni and um, Sydney, there was this group called Sydney Uni Filmmakers and somebody from that group asked me to design a set for them. It was a pretty simple set. It was a bed and two walls, basically. But I remember walking onto that set and going, oh, and there was a camera there and there were actors, and I went, oh, I'm gonna, I want to do this. This is, this is what I want to do. It was sort of one of those cloud parting and that bolt of lightning coming from the sky. And so I, I finished out the year, and then I transferred to Macquarie University, um, where I did kind of communications, um, specialising in film and uh, but in English literature as well, because I always, I always felt that thing of I've always loved writing, um, and uh, I e even back then I missed writing essays, so I, I kind of kept that strand of English literature going just so that I could have the, the pleasure of writing essays. Um, but you know, it was university was a very different place back then. It was a completely social place. Um, you know, we we used to we used to call it. We, we weren't really studying anything other than cappuccino one hundred and one. Um, and really, that's what it was about: ga gathering and talking and sitting in the quadrangle and having ideas. And there just wasn't that much pressure because there wasn't the financial pressure that there is today about you know you've got to get a degree and then pay all that money back and do all that kind of stuff. For us, it was just about exploring ideas and who we were and what we wanted to do so it was sort of they were simpler days really now to tell me when when you write what's your style are you a, a planner or are you a uh, you know just start writing and see where the uh, pen or keyboard takes you I'm open to where the keyboard will take you but I always plan I always have a kind of like an architecture of the story if you like so I kind of know the beginning the middle and the end and where it's going to head and and that's really a that's a sort of a hangover from uh, writing screenplays, really, because you, you've got to have that discipline with them because you've got to fit so much into such a short space of time. And I, I've done it with both these novels now as well, where I've had a whole – where I've known where I was going to head. But then I will just let, you know, ideas take me down. And that's the joy of writing a novel. You can just wander down a little corridor or a cul-de-sac yeah. or take a little left turn or, you know, head off. But I'm very disciplined about how I write. I, I have pages per day. Um, so if I'm writing a screenplay, I have to write five pages a day. And if I'm writing a novel, I have to write three pages a day. And I can't be crap pages. Okay. I've got to be, you know, decent in my eyes. And sometimes that will take me all day. Like I'll literally, you know, start at 7 a.m. and still be sitting there at 7 p.m. and have to, you know, slog on to get my three pages. And sometimes it'll take me three hours, you know, and I'm, I'm sort of, finished at 10 or 11 in the morning and yahoo the rest of the day is mine and i actually don't write on i i once i've got my three pages i stop and i just go on to the next day so when i sit down to write a novel or a screenplay or whatever i can almost if i know how long it's going to be which is hard to tell with a novel but quite easy to tell with a screenplay i can actually put in my diary the date that i'm going to finish it and inevitably i will finish it on that date kind of thing so months later you know um, so I'm yeah pretty disciplined about that. Tell, tell me, Mark, what's um what's next for you? Once the uh the the absolute you know 
highlight of the book coming out and thousands of people buying it and you being interviewed all over the shop. Uh, you got any other books in the closet that you're writing? I do have a, uh, yeah, I've got a couple of things on the back burner that are sort of bubbling up at the moment. I'm actually really busy with finishing a movie that I, I directed in Perth just before Christmas and where we've been editing it in, in uh, Melbourne. Um, and so I'm just in that final, so we, I won't actually deliver the film till uh, end of June. So we're still in that doing all the sound uh, post cutting and all the visual effects and all that kind of stuff. So that's keeping me really occupied. It's a, it's a sequel to a movie called A Few Best Men that um, Stephen Elliott of Priscilla fame directed a few years ago, and this one's called A Few Less Men. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's keeping me very, very busy for the, for the short term anyway. Uh, we look forward to uh, seeing that. And for all those people, grab a copy of The Lover's Guide to Rome from the Co-op Bookstore or online. Um, very compelling read, lots of fun, lots to think about, and highly recommended. So, Mark, I appreciate your time. Thanks. Thanks very much for having me, Rob. I really appreciate you having me on.